Grace and peace to you all, sisters and brothers in Christ. Amen. And for those that are at home as well, grace and peace to you. Uh, it is truly an honor to be back here. Um, you can thank Pastor Stephen. Uh, we, he bumped, we bumped into each other at the seminary uh, during Alumni Day, and he said, you got a place to preach? Well, I'm supply preaching around. How about the weekend after Easter? You want that off, don't you? Yep. <laughs> so I said, get on my calendar early. You're on my calendar now. So I'm right here, and I'm happy to be with you all. Uh, I'm going to wake us up this morning, okay? So if I say, he is risen. He is, he is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Hallelujah. It's almost 10 o'clock. Who's had their coffee? Okay, let, we're we're, we're going to try that one. You got it with you. That's what I, that, that's what I should have done. Is I should have brought another coffee and perked myself right up. Let's try this again, okay? But with the energy that we had last week, all right? He is risen. He is, he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. So what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Next slide. They're going to get it over. There it is. What are we doing here? It's been a week. It's been a week since the resurrection, and we're behind closed doors once again, like the disciples. If he is risen, he is, he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. What are we doing here? Or... I'll put it into the language of my 18-year-old, or 18-month, not 18-year-old, my, woof, woof, I, I had a fun youth if she was 18, 18 years. I'll put it into the words of my 18-month-old daughter. Go, 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 outside, outside. And she points and wants to go play and run around. What are we doing in here? It's a beautiful day. Beautiful creation. Christ is risen. And it's a week later. What have we been doing for this past week? We're not different from the disciples, are we then? Right? They know of the resurrection. We know of the resurrection. We have experienced the love of God and a love that the grave could not contain. So what are we doing here? What are we doing here, still, behind closed doors? Dare I say... Have we not been evangelizing the world? Spreading the good news? That's what evangelical come from. Euangelion, good news. What have we been doing? What have we been doing? We might not have seen it with our own eyes, but neither did Thomas. So what are we doing here? Behind these shut doors still. John has two wonderful details in our passage today. The first one is that Thomas was not there. Thomas was not there. Where he was? Yeah, who knows. All right, so who's going to go get the coffee? Thomas? Thomas, you taking the order? Tony, Thomas has the order this, this service, so you get to stay put. Thomas went out. We don't know where he went, but he wasn't there. And we all heard, right? Christ appeared. Here it is. And he's like, look, guys. That's where they nailed me, right there. Right there in my hand. You see that? Yeah. Oh, they, they stuck the spear in right there. Right there. Yeah. It, little twinge when it went in, you know. 
I didn't actually feel it because I was kind of already dead, but you know, it's there. Like, look, see? So they experience it. They know it, right? But Thomas wasn't. And in his own words, unless, unless I put my finger into the nail marks, unless I put my hand in his side, I will not believe. I will not trust that God can do this. It just seems beyond a possibility, right? Like making a paperclip float on water. I brought it back around. It seems impossible. I want to believe it, right? Thomas knows of Jesus. How many people in our lives know of Jesus, right? They know of Jesus, but they have yet to have an experience with the resurrected Christ in their lives, an experience of God's love in their lives. How many? Our second detail, because it's really important. The doors were shut. Twice, John gives us this detail. Now, the first time that we hear it, it's because the disciples were hiding, right? The doors were locked for fear of the Jews. They feared the Jewish elite coming after them. First the rabbi, then the disciples. I'd lock my doors too. I'd lock my doors too. I don't want to get crucified. That's awful. And, oof, no thank you. So of course they're behind locked doors. And then we hear a few verses later. And once again, the doors were shut. Are they shut again? Are they shut still? What have they been doing this past week? Right? They've heard of the resurrected Christ, and what have they been doing with it? The greatest news of all time. What have they been doing with it? What have you been doing with it? Next slide. Huh? I'll tell you what, what I've been doing this past week. Mondays are grocery shopping days, and because my daughter's 18 months old, when we go to Publix, she gets the cookie. Well, she's 18 months old. I can't, I, I can't give her all the sugar in that cookie. Here, here, honey, you can have this little piece of cookie. Daddy will, daddy, daddy will enjoy the rest, okay? That way you can nap later. Daddy's going to enjoy the rest of that cookie. You know, we do grocery shopping, we do laundry, we go to story time at the library, we go to parks, she rides in the stroller while I go on my long runs. I mean, you know, I do mow the lawn, we go to work, we go to school, we do yoga, we go to book clubs. You want me to keep going on and on and on? Okay. We go about our daily lives. But the question is, are you living differently, really? Are you living in a different reality, knowing that Christ has arisen from the, from the grave, right? He is risen? He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. So how are you changed by that? How are you changed by that? Because we're back here a week later in our sanctuary space. Closed doors do what? They separate us from things. 
They separate us from an outside world beyond the space that we're in. Correct? But a closed door is not just a physical thing. The closed doors of our minds, our hearts, are just as separating as the closed doors of this building. Sin is defined as anything that separates us from God, from one another, from our truest selves. When we trust in our own way over God's way of doing things, how we sin against God, right? I can earn my own salvation. All that I have, car, house, clothes, all that's mine, right? I purchased it. I put in the hard work to get it. Maybe even let's go a little sillier sillier of an analogy, and it literally happened to me this morning. I supply preach on Sundays, so I drive all over and preach right now since I'm a stay-at-home dad. So Sunday mornings, I get up, I get ready, and I get to go to Starbucks because I usually got at least a 45-ish minute drive to where I'm going, so I need coffee. I get my coffee, I get a little breakfast, and I hit the road. So I'm driving on the way, and I get to the Starbucks that I always stop at before I go supply preach, because it's kind of like on my main route. So I stop, pull up, car parked or car off, I walk up to the door, the doors are locked. They've changed their Sunday hours so that they open at 7. It is 6.52. Let me in! I need my coffee! You know, Hi, I'm Reverend Bartelt. Like many Lutheran pastors or pastors in general, I have a caffeine addiction. We kind of need it to function. I'm so frustrated, so like one track that I need to get what I need that I hop in my car. I madly drive down the interstate to the next exit where I know that the Starbucks is open and I go into that one, saving myself a hole 30 seconds. As opposed to the invitation that God had in that moment. Slow down. Can't you just sit here for a second? Relax. Breathe. You could review your sermon one more time and not do it while driving. Not that I did that either. It's just fair warning. But I chose my own way, my own frustration, my own understanding, and I put in controls on my life and my lock by shutting God out of my thoughts. Think about how we separate ourselves, maybe not even with doors, but with distance from others. Oh, you're having a bad day! Bless your heart. Can you stand... 20 feet that way and not bring your negativity near me. I'm, I'm actually going to come an additional 10 feet this way. You know, it's negativity distancing. And I'm going to remain in my nice, fun, happy day that I'm having. Woo! Probably until my, di- my daughter needs a diaper change. That's a whole other story. But right, we distance ourselves. We don't see them as the beloved child of God that they are in need of care and love and embrace. All we care about is 
us. Us. The saddest part comes when people can't even see the separation that they hold with their true self. That sad person, that person going through a tough time might actually shove it all down inside. Put on a mask, a smile. Mm-hmm. But on the inside, they're just rotting away, feeling awful. They're separating their true self in that moment. Or think of somebody who can't even look in the mirror and see themselves as the claimed and loved child of God that they are. Right? Somebody who's battled with depression and anxiety, I can tell you those are some awful days. They are. And think of how then those people, we can be Thomases. We know of the love of God, but how separated are we from that experience? Right? They're searching for an authentic experience of love, grace, mercy, justice, solidarity. People know that the world is is messed up, it's broken, right? All I gotta do is almost turn on the news and find something of an awful story. And where's the church? Where are we in our daily lives sharing the good news of a resurrected Christ? Next slide. So brothers and sisters in Christ, hear the good news. Let us be reminded experientially of the good news that God loves us so much that God didn't just die for us. No, 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 no. God took that separatedness and said, no more. Let me become one of them. Let me be born in love for you. Walk, talk, eat, drink, heal, give clothing, give presence, a mind to those in need so that they can experience God's love in the world, all in love. And then, and then, let me show you how much more that I love you, as if that wasn't enough. Let me die for you. Let me take upon myself that which is the worst of humanity. Let me bear it. Let me show you that I can claim that too. In love, right? We started our service with what? Confession and forgiveness. We all know that, it, that the world is broken. But this gift of God comes for us. We claim it. We remember it. We embrace it. We experience it. I am captive to sin and cannot free myself. Right? It's a gift for us. We experience it when we hear the words, forgiveness of all of your sins. Right? And think of how we experience it there in the Lord's Supper. Right? 
We hear the words. We feel the wafer, the bread in our hands. Body of Christ lovingly given for you. For you. The blood of Christ lovingly shed for you. Think of that as you drink. All the love so that you might experience for yourselves. Why do we come here, back here to our sanctuary? To remember. If we haven't been able to remember out in our outside world, or take it with us, we come here to remember God's love and grace for us. Right? Next slide. It's an experience that God says, now you go and do the same. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. You I send out into the world. It's a mission that we were blessed with here in these waters. Right? In word and deed. Go, share the good news of the risen Christ. Go and share the good news that he is risen... He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Go and share these things. Go and, in your own lives, be Christ to others. Right? Instead of getting frustrated, ah! I had a locked coffee door. Take time to slow down. Give yourself grace. Right? The person who's here in pain. Be Christ to come next to them. And most of the time, you don't need to actually say anything. You could just be with them. Because they know that they are not alone in that moment. Right? Then the Spirit, the Spirit will blow. It's post-COVID, so I'm not going to give a, you know, you know, I'm not the big bad wolf. You know, but the Spirit will blow into you and tell you what to say. I'm really sorry that this happened. I'm not going to fix it. I can't. But I can sit here with you in it. And in time, right now, where, where do we go? How do we move on? How do we process what happened in our lives? Illness, life situation, circumstance. For my daughter, it's teeth right now. You know, she's teething. So... When she starts screaming from that. All right, where is the medicine? Very quickly. Now, you will sleep till 8 o'clock in the morning. Yes. Or think about if you are a Thomas, and you're waiting for that experience of God's love and grace, about how others can be Christ to you. Can be Christ to you. Sharing God's love. I see that you're really frustrated and, my God, there's so much going on right now. Your head must be exploding. You ever just stopped for a second and just breathed and slowed yourself down? Right? It's okay. I've been there. And you know what? Now look into these waters. Look into that mirror. Be reminded that God has claimed you, loves you, made you exactly who you are. As you are. Go share that good news. 
go share that good news. Last slide. Or again, in the words of my daughter, go, go, go. Whoop. Go, go, go. Go out into the world. Go shide. Go outside. Go outside and run and all that you work and do. Proclaim. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. That is the invitation. It's not a matter of doubt and belief, but a point of living our lives differently because he lives. Amen?